Hi everyone, welcome to the Sacred Musings podcast with me, Phil Saker. It's the 10th of August 23, it's episode 94, and today we're looking at the banality of evil. And it's going to be a shorter podcast today as well, as um, a bit later on today I need to pack, get ready to go on holiday tomorrow. Um, so we'll be away for a week, and uh, that means that there'll be no podcast next week. So, you know, may as well start with that little uh, heads up. Um, but yes, just a, a short podcast, and uh, just inspired by something that I was sort of thinking a little about, uh, a little bit about uh, recently. Um, but before we get into that, as usual, just uh, one or two links, and there's actually not a huge amount to to say. I mean, part of the problem I find at the moment, and perhaps you find this as well, is that I just feel like we're going over and over and over the same things again from lots of different angles and I think you just get a little bit fed up with it after a while you know I mean how many how many things can you read about how terrible all the the lockdowns were when you know it's just stuff that we knew you know years ago really two or three years ago um I'm and I'm I don't want to get kind of um you know cynical about it but you know I, I don't want to just just repeat stuff you know unless it has a sort of new angle um, but I think there are some some helpful and interesting things um, that, that get written. So um, here we go. So um, the first thing I wanted to mention, which I just thought was quite interesting, was by on the Telegraph by Alistair Heath. Um, and this was published on the 2nd of August. And the article was called Britain is now an elite dictatorship where majority opinions are crushed. And the subtitle is Start listening to the voters on cars, crime and wokery or there'll be an uprising even bigger than Brexit. And this is something that I've been talking on the uh, the podcast about for some time which is just how you know this country is not being run for the benefit of the people anymore but it is it is being run for the benefit of a fairly small a group of people who control all the opinions and the media basically and i don't think that's too too strong a way of putting it and you know that you, you know we know this that we've seen this um but what i thought was interesting about alistair heath um i'll scroll down to it here he says um let me just quote you a paragraph from what he says our new ruling class is paternalistic messianic even in a post-religious age it has taken on the role of a priest and saviour of the common people. It still occasionally feels the need to legitimise unpopular ideas by pretending that they garner majority support, hence all the polls proving that people support net zero. Yet, when asked to pay the price in terms of actual cash or drastically reduced convenience, the public immediately rebels. And it talks about our need to, you know, like the tyranny of the minority, um that we don't need to it's it's not democracy but actually it's you know the way that um our parliament our media has been taken over by this one kind of class so i thought that was quite interesting and it kind of fit in with the the article i mentioned i think last week um the panda substack panda uncut substack about the new ruling elite and uh, this elite theory i i don't really know what the 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 truth is kind of with relation to the elites and how they think and everything and we'll be be thinking a little bit about that in the main section of the podcast but it does seem to me that there is a common mindset amongst the elites however you want to to label them 
and that they are not acting for the be in the best interests of the people, but rather they are seeking to to implement their own agenda. And that much, I, I think, has become quite clear um, over the last few years. So, um, yeah, do have do have a look at that. Um, so there was one other thing I wanted to mention, which is actually more like a bit of news, really. So I mentioned on the podcast a few months ago that, you know, when we left our old church, we've basically started up a house church, a church that meets in our house. And um, we've been using um, what I've been publishing online, Church with Understand the Bible. You may know church, uh, Understand the Bible is my other kind of um, thing. It's kind of teaching, teaching the Bible, teaching Christianity. Um, and um, what I uh, what I did is I started this to kind of help people who were in a similar situation, who wanted to 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 meet, but perhaps found their local church wanting in in various different ways, and wanted a kind of biblical um, input and you know um, church and kind of you know have a sermon and songs and things, but not in the way that we did in lockdown. So I hit on the idea of basically creating a kind of order of service which people you could do at home and it would include the songs for you and it would include a sermon for you um, and I, I would record the sermon every week and then I just take songs from from YouTube um, so anyway I've been working on that the last few months and I've just simplified it and I can actually show you the fruit of my labor here so I've published about it on the understand the Bible website um, I'm sorry, actually, if you're listening on the audio podcast, you won't be able to see this. But but it's it's basically a, um, an order of service, which is on the screen. And you can get this in mobile as well. So, the, I mean, this don't don't worry about the content. This is just an example. But you've got the first hymn there. You can expand it and it, it shows you the video. Then you've got a psalm. And there, there we go. Look, you can see the psalm. Um, and then you've got, you know, confession, um, a children's spot. Well, I, I'm still working on that bit. Um, and, and what have you. So basically, it's kind of like um, a service that you can do at home. And if you're in the situation, and I know one or two people actually got in touch with me about this, of not having a church around you which is kind of which you can trust for not being woke and you know going down all of that kind of agenda then you might like to check that out you know one of the things that I'm actually quite uh, passionate about is the fact that I, I really do think we as the church need to get away from thinking that church equals buildings that church equals the institution you know I think that in so many areas of life, we need to get back to thinking that church equals the people. And church equals just people coming together to sing praise to God, to worship him, to hear from his word, to grow as disciples of Christ. That's all that we need to do. That's And that that's the most important thing. Buildings are maybe a nice to have, but they're really not the essence of church. And, you know, just people meeting in homes is um you know that that's uh that is church just as much as meeting in a in a church building um so 
Yeah, and actually that kind of leads me on to what I, I just wanted to mention. So for for the um, what I was going to think about today, there was a quote from C.S. Lewis that I wanted to to um, to find, and I knew it was from mere mere Christianity. But there was another quote that I came across as I was looking for that one, and I just wanted to quote this because I think it's so good, and I haven't mentioned it on the podcast before. Um, C.S. Lewis, I'm always amazed actually by his insight. I think the fact that he could be writing, you know. Um, 80 you know 60 to 80 years ago or more you know it it just it's incredible really to think and mere christianity this was published um on the back of radio broadcasts that he did during the second world war so you know this is um yeah 70 80 years old so it's it's incredible that his insight here i think carries over to today and he could foresee a lot of the problems of what the, the way that the world was going um, but anyway, let me let me read you this this paragraph here of what he says. This really jumped out at me, and I think this um, struck me as being you know such a wise thing. <clears throat> May I come back to what I said before? This is the whole of Christianity. There is nothing else. It is so easy to get muddled about that. It is easy to think that the church has a lot of different objects: education, building missions, holding services. Just as it is easy to think the state has a lot of different objects, military, political, economic and whatnot. But in a way, things are much simpler than that. The state exists simply to promote and to protect the ordinary happiness of human beings in this life. A husband and wife chatting over a fire. A couple of friends having a game of darts in a pub. A man reading a book in his own room or digging in his own garden. That is what the state is there for. And unless they are helping to increase and prolong and protect such moments, all the laws, parliaments, armies, courts, police, economics, etc. are simply a waste of time. In the same way the church exists for nothing else but to draw men into Christ, to make them little Christs. If they are not doing that, all the cathedrals, clergy, missions, sermons, even the Bible itself, are simply a waste of time. God became man for no other purpose. There we go. I thought that was so profound that, you know, that this is the thing with with the state, that we think the state has got a lot of different functions. But really, as Lewis says, the state is there to, to facilitate human life to make human life flourish, whether that be, you know, a husband and wife chatting over a fire, someone playing darts in a pub, or, you know, reading a book in, in his room, digging in a garden, or, or whatever it may be, just to enable to enable human life to flourish. And I think that the, uh, the government, the state, have forgotten that. But in a similar way, he says, the church just exists to make men little Christs, as he put it. That is to become like Christ. That's that is the sum total of what Christianity is about, um, he says. And again, I think that's profound. And also, I think the church has forgotten that. And the church is now trying to to do all sorts of different things, you know, pursue political agendas without just trying to make people to be like Christ, to be, you know, what what God made them to be. And um yeah, it, it, when when you forget, you know, what it's all about, that's when we get problems. 
And it's kind of like I was talking about a couple of weeks ago when I looked at institutions. But when the institution becomes corrupted, it loses its purpose, it loses its way. And that's when we get the problems. Um, so we need to get back to the roots. So the main thing that I wanted to talk about, and this will only be brief, um, like I said, because I'm, I'm um, heading off on holiday today, uh, tomorrow. I need to pack. But um, what I, I wanted to focus on was the, the banality of evil. I'm not sure whether you pronounce that banal, banal, but, you know, but basically evil is just so boring and, you know, samey, if you like. And this really struck me because I think a lot of people um, think about evil as a, a big thing. Now, this came home to me in the conversation I did with Julian from the Mind Renew podcast um, a few weeks ago. Um, but, you know, a lot of people think that evil, he had a sort of encounter with, with evil when he was talking with um, uh, someone who, who used to be a witch and sort of had an encounter with evil in quite a, a dramatic and intense uh, way. And I think, you know, a lot of people think that evil is something like that. It's kind of big. It's scary. It's, you know, it's out there. It's it's a bit like um, Blofeld from the, the James Bond films. You know, Donald Pleasant's, um, you know, sitting there stroking a white cat and, you know, um, talking about world domination. Now, I think that's what people think of as evil. And I must admit that, you know, Klaus Schwab doesn't help himself because he does look a bit like um, Blofeld, doesn't he? Really, <laughs> the way he dresses as well, <laughs> it's a bit, it's a bit crazy. But anyway, I think that's people have this idea of evil as being something out there. But actually, I think that the 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 biblical picture is that evil is much more mon mundane and prosaic and and banal, even. So let me quote you the the actual the quote which I I um, looked for to mere Christianity to find. Um, this is what C.S. Lewis said. Sameness is to be found uh, most among the most natural men, not among those who surrender to Christ. How monotonously alike all the great tyrants and conquerors have been. How gloriously different are the saints. How monotonously uh, alike all the great tyrants and conquerors have been. How gloriously different are the saints. Now, I think that quote there, that one quote, says something, again, deeply profound, which is that the more evil, if you like, the more samey you are. That is because evil just wants the same things. Evil only wants things for itself. And typically we've categorised that as you know, money or sex or power. One of those three usually is just wanting something for itself. It wants money, it wants sex, it wants power. And that's why these tyrants and conquerors have been monotonous. Because they, you know, when you reduce, when, when evil kind of takes hold, it just looks the same in everybody. It makes everyone look the same. It makes everyone look grey. Whereas, as he says, how gloriously different the saints, that when we become like Christ, then we become different. Then we become ourselves. 
then we become individuals. You know, that, that evil actually makes us self-centred and self-focused. And that it's actually Christ who makes us outward-looking and an individual, makes us unique. And I think that this is, that's a really profound thought. But if you apply it to what's going on in the world today, um, you know, like I said, a lot of people think about evil like, you know, a Blofeld sort of character. But I was just thinking about this and thinking, you know, why is it that evil seems to be flourishing at the moment? It's because everyone's the same. All the politicians are the same. All the media are the same. Which is that none of them have got the bravery to stand up and say, no, this is not true. Because all of them are motivated by self-interest. They're not brave enough to stand up for the truth. They're not brave enough to... to you know, to stand up against what's happening because there's something in it for them. You know, that the big farmer, for example, big farmer give um, lots of money to doctors, to governments and, and so on. You know, you think about the, uh, what is it, the MHRA being 86% funded by big pharma or, or something like that. It's crazy. Um, they're motivated by money. And, you know, think about the um, WEF, for example. What are they motivated by? Well, uh, I think power, probably. You know, the power to think that they can change the world and that they can be like gods. You know, that solving all of the world's problems just by imposing a bit more control. They want the power. And really, that, that, that's how evil spreads. That, you know, we think that evil is some big you know, power and, and, and some something kind of, um, I don't know, uh, something bigger, I suppose. But actually, in human hearts, it is just so mundane and so bland and banal, which is just people motivated only by self-interest and by money, sex or power. That's what evil is and that's how it flourishes. And what we need for evil not to flourish is for people who are not who don't actually are not motivated by money sex or power you know who can say no to that kind of um, immediate gratification seek the good of other people seek to do what is right and good and this kind of brings me on a, um, we're not going to have a sort of bible reflection at the end per se but i just wanted to quote a psalm so if i go back here this is Psalm 15, and this is, I read this quite recently, and this is another thing which is kind of fed into to what I've been talking about. Psalm 15, let me read this out. Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent? Who may live on your holy mountain? The one whose walk is blameless, who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth from their heart, whose tongue utters no slander who does no wrong to a neighbour, and casts no slur on others, who despises a vile person, but honours those who fear the Lord, who keeps an oath even when it hurts, and does not change their mind, who lends money to the poor without interest, and who does not accept a bribe against the innocent. Whoever does these things will never be shaken. Now what really struck me about this passage was just how it, it almost seems so common sense, doesn't it? Perhaps common sense in a you know days which are over now in this country. 
but you know, doing what is right, speaking the truth, not slandering other people, uh, not doing any wrong to a neighbour, um, you know, honouring those who fear the Lord, keeping an oath even when it hurts, you know, keeping your word, having integrity, doesn't not changing their minds, lending money to the poor without interest, you know, doing what's right for the poor, not accepting a bribe, so you know, upholding justice. And if you look at that, you just think that's so utterly basic in a sense, isn't it? That is stuff which should be basic in in a society. And yet it's not. And that, I think, all of that stuff from Psalm 15, that's what's missing in the, the elites, if you like. That they're not seeking the truth. That they, they do slander others. Uh, they're not seeking to do what's right for, for their neighbour or what's right for the poor. But, you know, they just have no consideration for what their policies will do. Like, like net zero, for example. They don't care about the impact that it will have on the poorest, particularly. And, you know, it just struck me that this is how evil flourishes. That if we had people of integrity who just simply wanted to, to do what was right, to speak the truth, to, you know, to, to do what, what's good for their neighbour, to uphold righteousness and so on. If people did that, then evil wouldn't flourish. And, you know, this kind of goes back to, I suppose, what, what I was talking about with, you know, as we were looking at Satan uh, a few weeks ago, that, you know, the way that Satan works, I think, is really just by making people like one another, making people all the same, you know, just focused on the money, sex and power, uh, focusing on their own desires and their own selfishness. But when you, you know, know that there are things which are more important than that, there are things like justice and there are things that are like just doing good, doing good for the poor and, and so on. That is a, that's a break on evil. And, and actually, to, you know, the more we know God, the more we we'll want to do what is good, right and just. And it, it made me think that, you know, if you're you and, you know, I know we all are concerned with evil in the world, then, you know, we, we do want to be concerned. And we know that, you know, there's a lot of problems with politicians, with the media and so on. But the best thing that we can do to fight against evil is to be Psalm 15 people, is to be people who don't you know, slander others, who do speak the truth who seek to do what's best for our neighbour, who, you know, give to the poor, who seek what is best for them, who, you know, all of those things, you know, being people of generous, just, just, and, and so on. Those are people that God welcomes. And that is what will make the difference. It's just that personal righteousness and integrity. Because, you know, evil spreads by, uh, by making people the same. Evil spreads by making people focus on their own selfish interests. And what what God is here to do, what, what Jesus came to do, is to make us people who turn to the interest of others and, you know, actually recognise that there is a greater, something greater than just ourselves and our own selfish desires. Um, so that was kind of my, my reflection, really, that evil makes us the same and, you know, that's why so many of our politicians seem so lacklustre and, and banal, you know, because they they don't have the inner strength to stand up against it. And that's how evil has been allowed to flourish. Um, that, that evil is just, 
you know, not standing up for the truth, not standing up because of, of self-interest. Um, but we need to be people who put other things above self-interest and you know, put the truth above self-interest, put righteousness, justice, you know, giving to the poor, being generous, all of those things um, above self-interest. And, and actually that is what God wants us to do. And that's what God honours. And at the end of the day, it is through Christ that we do that, that, you know, we have this, the power and the strength to break out of our self-interest and we have the ability uh, to look look to him and you know, to be forgiven for um, you know the ways that we don't uh, look to the interests of others and to find new strength to actually serve serve God and do what is right. So that was my reflection for for today. Uh, do let me know what you think um, down below and um, you know leave a comment on YouTube or leave me a telegram message or email me through sacredmusingspod at gmail.com um and um if you if you um appreciate what i do on the podcast there's a buy me a coffee link as well and i appreciate that um there is also a way to give on on stewardship and i just wanted to say i saw someone sign up who i didn't whose name i didn't recognize if that's you someone who's who's found found me from the podcast thank you so much as well for that i really do appreciate that i i can't you know there's no contact details but thank you um so, yeah, um, let's take a moment to pray and ask for God's help in being able to um, just put this into practice, really, and standing up against evil, kind of beginning at home, if you like, and um, that God would change the world as well. And so, Heavenly Father, we do recognise the many ways that the world is broken at the moment, uh, especially at the moment. We know that there are always problems, but we do acknowledge it's a seem at the moment that the our elites, our politicians and media have fallen captive to this self-centered uh, self-interest um, ideology where they're they're only concerned about money, sex and power and uh, getting things for themselves, not standing up for the truth, standing up for righteousness. And so we pray, Heavenly Father, that you would bring a real change in our world, that you would give us politicians and, and media of integrity who want to stand up for the truth who want to stand up for what is right and, and be generous and, and so on. And, but we pray, Lord, that you would help us to do this in our own lives, as we know that um, this begins at home. And we need to, first and foremost, look to ourselves and the ways that we fall short of your standards. So please forgive us of that through Christ. Help us to uh, repent and help us to look to you day by day for the strength to do what is right and to make that decision every day, and that you would help us to grow in, in uh, speaking the truth, in, in seeking to be generous, in uh, seeking what is just and right in every way, Lord. Please help us to lead the way. And uh, we pray that that would bring a real change in our communities, and that uh, you would help us, Lord, to be a light in wherever we are. We just pray these things, Lord, and ask for your blessing in this, uh, in this summertime. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for joining me today. Like I said, I'll be off next week. So um, don't expect a podcast next week. I'll be back in a couple of weeks. I hope that you have a good time. I hope that you're enjoying the summer wherever you are, whether you're on holiday or not, um, or whatever you're doing. Um, and uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing you again soon. But in the meantime, God bless. <laughs>